0: you're listening to episode 10 of VC Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chibber, and we're recording on Tuesday, July 25th. And this is our very special Revenge of the Sith episode.
1: Which we're both actually really excited about because I think we have a loaded kind of really big conversation coming up.
0: Yeah, and actually I I will say um, this has always been my favorite of the prequels. This is the only prequel I have regularly watched since The um, the prequel trilogy, like the first two, I haven't seen as much of, but this one I've seen more often. um, Not, I wouldn't say a lot, maybe once every year or so, but much (laughs) more often. And actually, I enjoyed it. I think the most of all this time because I kind of I felt like I had I was looking for different things and appreciating new things about it I hadn't seen before.
1: Yeah, I. I do remember I saw this one twice in the theater and it made me cry both times. I remember that. And I might have seen it one more time, but that was
0: not in the last 10 years. So you're st- like, you are still working from I have not seen this movie in a very long time. Basically, yeah, like I had the only
1: recollections I had of like actual plot was based on what I could remember after watching Clone Wars. Okay. And then skipping ahead, you know, I didn't, I didn't really
0: remember a ton
1: from this movie.
0: I have always liked of this movie, the ac- generally the action scenes, like all of it, the fights, the space battles, like seeing the Wookiees in action, like that's all. And that's why we rewatched it often. Like that's something I've always loved about this movie.
1: It's, it was a good, I'm, it's hard because. I, it does have its failings, for sure, oh, but they're yes. not... It was a solid movie. Like, yeah. there is a beginning, middle, and end. Yes. There is a
0: clear, like, storyline that you are following. Yes. There's in a, a way that, you There's know, a good guy and a bad guy, sort of. Sort of. Which is good, kind of the main failing for me of the prequel trilogy. There's no good guy.
1: Right. I mean, that's that's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing... And it's something, and people probably are tired of us talking about it, but that Clone Wars does really well because what's, we've talked about this before in terms of what's interesting about those narratives.
0: Sorry, I'm messing with my microphone and Preeti is like, what are you doing? We do this over video and I can see her. my, um, my, it was twisted and it was like, kind of like a little tight around my neck. So I was like, Oh, I'm just going to do this while breathe. talking. And then I took them out and realized I couldn't still hear what she was saying. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so that did not end well. So we were, we're ta-
1: We were. Ta- I was talking about the, the idea of like, when you have a narrative that cannot end well, right. how you handle continuing to engage viewers, because it's hard to watch something that is traditionally about hope and about, yeah. you know, um, kind of beating the odds when you're not going to get that. Right, and right. the prequels don't do enough, I, in my opinion, to warrant viewing three films about it.
0: Yes, I agree. I think the prequels would have been much more... I mean, there's all, let's face it, there are a lot of ways the prequels would have been much more compelling, a better dialogue, better direction. Like, there's a lot of reasons why these movies are difficult to watch. But I think focusing on Anakin as the main character instead of, I think it would have been more effective if we had seen Anakin's fall through some, like, maybe as if you, Obi-Wan had been the main character mm-hmm. or just focusing on it him through someone else's eyes, I think would have ended up being a lot more effective.
1: Well, yeah, if you ground his story in Anakin starting from the first film, or I mean, from excuse me, from Obi-Wan starting from the first film, you would have had a thread to follow through all three. Exactly. But unfortunately, that first film, I mean, the Phantom Menace is just narratively a mess. Like, there's just
0: not, you don't get one character that you can latch on to. And, there is no Luke Skywalker, right? And I feel like they got that more and more, Lucas did, I guess, um, as the movies progress because Ewan has a bigger and bigger role. Right. Like, in this movie, he is as important of a character as Anakin is. Like, there are two poles, like the two, uh, like, right. poles of They're, this movie.
1: They are, because even in the last one, um, you ha- in Attack of the Clones, you have, Obi-Wan has a bigger part, but he's just kind of, he's like over to the side doing his Nancy Drew thing. Whereas here it is solidly like, yes, he's like with Grievous or whatever, but he is solidly engaged in
0: Anakin's story as well until he isn't. But that's a plot point. Right. I think in the second movie, um, Anakin is all the emotional core quote unquote. I mean, supposed to be, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying we're uh-huh. at, but like, I think, I think the idea was Anakin was the emotional core and, um, Obi Wan was the story exposition. Yes, and then this movie, it's much more. Uh, th- those the lines aren't that stark.
1: Right. I mean, you start the film. Okay, so let's start at the beginning okay, we'll because the there, beginning. Were, there, there were a few interesting things like that happened. By first of all, the the colors, and it's this is true of the entire trilogy. The colors in these films are almost like. Technicolor, and it's a little jarring when you put it up against the original trilogy and then follow it with, you know, Rogue One and The Force Awakens, which went back to sort of the colorings of the original films. And you see that immediately in that first scene when it's a lot of like purples and
0: and oranges. The space battle. Yeah, that I love that scene, like that unbroken opening shot that follows the ships. I just, I love that space because that's the first time really in Star Wars you've seen an actual space battle and not just like horribly outnumbered rebels firing yeah. at, like, at like, you know, huge Imperial ships. Like that's the first time you see kind of an evenly matched battle. Yeah, and it's kind of,
1: I thought the musical choice was really interesting in this scene because I don't know that we've ever gotten that um, the, you know, Luke, Staring at the twin sons of tattooing that like da, 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 da yeah the, da, like the, during a I can't remember the name of the song right now, isn't it?
0: I mean it's the I, it's the um it's the throne room, right, theme, but right. it's also but you know yeah. I'm not sure that we've ever gotten that
1: during like in the midst of a battle scene, yeah, like it wasn't like a crescendo, it wasn't like the beginning or I mean it was a little bit the beginning, but it wasn't the beginning of the battle because we come to the battle as it's already going. I just—it was an interesting
0: choice. I think that's the first time that that theme specifically, because that theme is always kind of a wistful, n- nostalgic, like almost like it's always like it's always it's usual, except for the throne room, but <laughs> which I just talked about. <laughs> but I mean, like when in Twin Suns, with like it's often used as like a kind of wistful, nostalgic musical it's, cue. Yeah, it's like contemplative,
1: right? It's right. like these moments of like. Processing or thinking or whatever. And so it was interesting to see it in this context. Like, it's like, like
0: space, like kick ass space battle. Right. Like,
1: I was like, okay. And then we go to like Anakin, where you see the. I mean, this is. So maybe this is what it is. Is like, this is the closest we see Anakin to being Luke, right? Yeah. Like, this is yeah. the closest that we get of them and the sheer joy they have at like, not danger, but like action and adventure and like and piloting. Flying.
0: Yeah. The love of. So flying. maybe. Maybe that's the correlation. And and they establish very quickly that Anakin is a compassionate person. Like, he's like, I want to go back. I'm going to go back for them. And Obi-Wan's like, no, you do your – they have their job. They're doing their job so we can do ours. Like, which is, I think, interesting, you know, given what happens. Well, like, yeah, I was a little – I was like, well, there's the, the Jedi being shitty already. Yep. <laughs> um. But it also, the sequence really, it kind of underlines how the Jedi have just become regular soldiers. So you go from, we're, you know, well, we'll I'm, I remember I said it like multiple times in a previous podcast episode, but like we're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. Right, that but you, you what are. it says, but you are. And this like, this more, almost more than anything else in the, mo- in the original trilogy or in the prequel trilogy thus far has underlined that. They're like mm-hmm. soldiers and fighters in a space battle. Great, they picked a side. Um, and I, I, so I love this scene. I, I do love this um, scene. I love the music in this movie generally. I think this music, the music in this uh, movie, is some of the best in the in the entire franchise. I love this soundtrack. Um, and I adore General Grievous. I know that's probably like a really unpopular. It's really unpopular opinion, but he's just so cartoonish. Well, so here's the thing is Grievous has this
1: cadence to his speak that I, that is, it's, I'm so sorry to do this to people, but he sounds like Miss Piggy. Like he has a Miss Piggy cadence and I cannot unhear it. I will not let you ruin Grievous for me. I'm sorry. It kills me. Every time he starts talking, I just, I'm expecting him to go like, oh, Kermit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it, it, and it's so interesting. So like, first of all, Anakin and Obi-Wan, I mean, I also love that this is like our beginnings of like, their space physics don't make sense at all. Nope. But like, I love so much the chaos in the scene where like, they make it into the uh, ship finally. And like, r two has to there's like it's funny. There's so like, much going on. It's so and it, yeah. It's, and the writing, it's that I wasn't laughing at it like in that it was being unintentionally funny. Like I was laughing at like you and McGregor pratfalls and the like ridiculousness with mm-hmm. which this
0: like the I don't know. I just thought it was funny. No loose wire jokes. I didn't say anything. I'm like oh my I, know, God. I love it. <laughs> and, like, we've
1: had like like. Ewan has given us Obi sass in basically every movie, but, like, this is the first one where it was, like, I wasn't, like, unnecessarily Obi-Wan's side being snickering at everyone else. It was just, like, the writing was funny.
0: And also, this is, like, kind of the first—I'm trying to think of Attack of the Clones, but— for the for most of that movie until the very end, they're apart, and it's pretty much just a fighting scene. They get a couple of barbs in, you know, at the end when they're um, about to be, you know, executed. But this is the first time you see them like doing their thing together because yeah, especially you have the like, two actors. Like that's not like you know the actor in the first movie.
1: No, you have like um, the opening sequence of Attack of the Clones, which is the get, trying to figure out that attempted assassination. Right.
0: But it's mostly Anakin just being like, "I'm gonna do whatever I want." Right? It's and Obi Wan like running after him, master and apprentice. And this is like you see the them being brothers, like you see right, you that see the relationship, relationship, which is hard. It um, was
1: nice. It, it was you know people. Well, we can get we can get that a
0: little bit later. So we get into Christopher Lee. Yes. Which you and I both called out the same line. Yep. So if you were, Preeti watched this on Sunday evening and I watched it last night, Monday evening. And apparently we talked a lot about, like, kind of a lot of the same things and had the same reactions. And it was, it got to a point where it was just like, all right, we need, like, we joke a lot about being mind twins, but it was kind of creepy. It was uncanny. It was like (laughs) six
1: or seven, like, nearly identical tweets. Two identical scenes. It was very weird. Um, But one of them was, you know, Anakin says to Dooku, I'm twice as strong or whatever. And Dooku says, twice the pride, double the fall, which is a great line, which Christopher Lee, of course, sells so hard. Yes. Uh, But then I feel like for being such a huge villain, and especially after Clone Wars of, like, three seasons of Dooku as a villain and all of these things, he is unseated in the most, like, unceremonious, like, bizarrely fast fashion. And I know that this movie came before the television show, but even that, he's such a presence in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. That to, like, literally with... uh <laughs> I forgot the whole, like, cutting his hands off
0: and then decapitating him, like totally erase that from my brain. I generally feel like that about all the prequel villains, Darth Maul, um, General Grievous and Dooku. They just, they're, it just, it, all of them, it it happens so fast for me and they're all in their own ways, very interesting villains. And I don't feel like any of them get their due. Yeah. Um, It's, it's a shame. they, They all do. In the the TV shows, like they right. expanded, especially Maul, um, uh, Maul, but but even Maul gets that
1: in Phantom Menace gets that amazing fight, right? Like.
0: This the the Dooku fight is what three four minutes. I feel like Dooku got his when it comes to a fight. Dooku got it with Yoda and
1: and even Attack but even clones. that was so short in Attack of the Clones.
0: Yeah, I, like I thought it was
1: longer, but it, I feel like it was so short when we watched it. It just felt really fast
0: to me. Of like, okay, now Dooku's dead, and like you know, and they it's okay, great. and they don't think it's weird that they walk in and he's alone in a room, sitting in a throne, Palpatine. Like I was just like, mm, this is an ominous we, or anything. We like
1: we can't even get into the specifics because it's so ludicrous to me. I but know. I love like uh, Ian sitting in that throne and just getting to do the voice and getting to do the like
0: and cheering, yes, and cheering, you know, this is so weird. I love and like I have such like a like. I love Ian McDermott after having seen him at Celebration because he seems like such just a fun, nice, like, like, he's just so funny and nice and hilarious and such a, like, just good guy and I love seeing him get to play, like, the evil, like, almost cartoonishly evil
1: Right, because you can see him, like, having fun with it yeah, and, like, enjoying himself doing it which means you're going to enjoy watching it. It does, it's hard, though, because it gets, it, it's not hard, it's good, because it hides the, like, actual, you know, insidiousness of it, and the, mm-hmm. like, how easily he worms his way into Anakin's confidence. Yeah. You know, it was, like, we've talked about how it was, like, basically a perfect play of events for the Jedi to fuck up as much as they did. Yeah. And allow
0: Palpatine that, that in. Um, but it's this movie is heartbreaking. It's real. It's real. There were times where I just had to like pause it and be like, all right, deep breath. Like this is hard to watch. Because Especially have- um, like with – he carries Obi-Wan out of there on his back.
1: Oh, I can't. Uh, I know. And like, Palpatine's like
0: leave him behind and-, and he was like his fate will be the same as our – like, like, oh my god. And I can watch so desperate, and I couldn't dissociate
1: it from – I'm like that – there's this episode of the Clone Wars where he sees, I'm not, uh, it's hard, but not ruining anything, I guess, except this one thing. He sees the future that he has and it almost, Anakin sees it and it almost like breaks him and he has to basically get mind wiped, but you see him react to what he becomes. And so this movie, you watch him fall and, you know, Hayden, has these great moments. He does. Where he's not speaking, but just like movements of his face that are
0: so hard to watch. The best parts of his best parts of this movie, and this is not, we've talked about this so much before, It's not casting aspersions on him as an actor because he is genuinely a good actor and just mm-hmm. the direction was terrible and the dialogue. But like his best moments in this movie are when he's not speaking. Yeah, because you can just l- see it settling on him slowly, this,
1: like, darkness and this, the heaviness, like, yeah. you know, the heaviness settles on him of, like, not knowing what to do, not getting what he needs from his mentor, and not getting, and getting the wrong things from the person who's chosen to mentor him, right?
0: right. he's just, it's just, he's, and he's caught in this, the middle, of, uh, okay, we'll get to this. Um, we will sorry okay wait sorry okay so let's keep going um so um and then they we've got the land the ship landing and yes. obi-wan's wonderful line another happy landing <laughs> I'm, <just laughs> like, I'm i forgot about that line and i like you laughed out wait loud. no you've just the, like we're coming in too hot oh yeah oh my god it's like yes, and like I love the visual of like these like six, six ships that are like the size of peanuts, with their little little like sprays of water trying to put out this like so semi truck like like of a ship. Oh my god! I was laughing so hard. Also, like this is the movie that Obi Wan looks hottest in. Oh my god!
1: Also, um. Mark Hamill has the exact same haircut and look that Obi-Wan has in this movie when we yeah. well, saw our, him at Celebration. In our picture with him. Just saying. I know. It was oh. funny. <laughs>
0: Um and then okay, let's see. Oh yeah. Oh oh I missed the Grievous cuts and runs, which I love. I love oh, right. I love Grievous. And I love actually there's one shot I really love of his like metal feet hitting the hole and like kind of oh. Like buckling it a little bit, and I love that. That just detail like emphasizes that he is a machine. Like, like he is at least you know mostly part machine. I Um, know. I was trying to explain to
1: the friends I was watching with like Grievous's deal, but it's so complicated.
0: Well, and I think they only really explain it in like the Clone Wars like film, not even in the series. Like, no, they don't. There was that. Yeah. There was a cartoon film, not like the not the like CGI of um, the series, the but there first, was a like the cartoon one, yeah. film. Yeah, I think it was that took place between episodes two and three, but like right after two because um, Anakin still has the buzz cut with the braid. Um, and anyway, they explain Grievous's origin in that, and it's I just remember it being really complicated, and it's like he's like has the innards of a Jedi or something like that. I don't know. I, I don't really remember, but I, I know remember. that's it's really complicated. Like, he was like a warlord or something. Uh,
1: there's a, there is a Clone Wars episode that explains it, too, when they're in his lair, but I only kind of remember yeah. it. Um, Basically, he's a cyborg. Yeah. And then, let's see. Um, okay, so
0: they land and we get our first... Anakin Padme scene yeah and it's Padme this is like my question and it it sheds light on towards the end of the Clone Wars if you haven't seen it um Anakin Padme start having some problems I'm not gonna ruin anything but there are some problems they start having some problems and so like when she tells him that she's pregnant I'm like I see now trepidation In the way she tells him that I didn't see before. Like, before I was just like, it's nervous because both of their situations, this, you know, throws a real wrench in their plans and their secret marriage. And now I'm like, is she a little afraid of how he's going to react? I think, I'm not sure she's afraid of the reaction.
1: But I think she's afraid of what it means. Yeah. And how he'll handle it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I will say it was much easier to watch the two of them at first until the dialogue started, but just the two of them together because he looks so much older and it's not quite so awkward and And he
0: I mean, I will give that guy props. He bulked up. So yeah, he looked, he, he looked he's good. huge. There is that scene where he like gets up from the nightmare and I was like, distracted. Like, he's huge, (laughs) but he's, like, he is just, like, huge. Like, oh, my God. I know. He went from this, like, scrawny kid to, like, hello, sir. Yes, he really did. But then the, like, dialogue starts and you're just like, oh, no. I still hate this. (laughs) And then you and I both talked about there should be more Bail Organa in these movies. Like, he's so underused. And in some ways, in some ways it makes, like, it's a nice little because they don't actually ever I don't think say his name until later in this movie like I don't think they say his name in the pre in 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 Attack of the Clones yeah I'm not sure that they do I don't think they do and so you don't like if you're not if you don't already know who he's playing you don't know who he is until I think they're on his ship yeah because also like the same same friends that I watched with were like who is that Mm -hmm. and I was like oh it's yeah, they're kind of duh. and then like I don't think <laughs> <You know? laughs> I realized that when I was watching because I didn't know who Jimmy Smith was back then. I love Jimmy. Smith. I do too. Um, and let's see.
1: Yeah, we do need more of that. I will say, you know, with the with the reintroduction of Padme, you see like the just the utter. Assassination they have done to the potential for this character. I know. I'm, like, I'll talk about her she, more towards the ending because I hate the ending they gave oh, her. But. but she's like so, like, such a strategist and so, like, kick ass and awesome in the first two films. And then in this one, she's basically like pregnant and sad the whole time. Well,
0: and like, for example, okay, one of the things she says is like, like, like when the pregnancy becomes public, I doubt the queen will continue to allow me to serve in the Senate. Which, like, what? why? I'm why? Sorry. Like, I'm sorry if you're a mom. You can't serve in the Senate. Like, I mean, I know Naboo has, like, a thing with, like, like teenage girls. But, like... But ludicrous. Yeah. That was I was, ludicrous. I was like,
1: wait, what? That was when I was like, man, there are a lot of men in the writing room for this one. Yeah. Um. Oh. also, who sleeps in a nightgown that has
0: pearl beading on the arm was that her nightgown yes i guess I, oh a, oh that's in. ow so uncomfortable no so when ryan and i got married like you know how you have to like walk around the like the fire yes. like seven times so like if for for non people who don't know how indian weddings work like you hold hands and they tie your like scarves together and then you walk around a fire seven times and people throw st- like, like like you have stuff thrown on you while you're doing it. And we had like fake pearls, and they weren't sweeping them out of the way fast enough, and we were barefoot. Oh, no. oh my god! Let me tell you, it's just it's it was so like my feet were bruised. Oh yeah, because so, you're also barefoot. Yes, so I would definitely not sleep in a pearl lined nightgown. No, that's terrible. I know that was not great costuming on whoever's her part. costuming generally in this. I like the outfit she wore to go confront Anakin, but otherwise, right, because it's like utilitarian. Yeah, otherwise it was. But I do like some of her fancier outfits in previous yeah. movies. but this one, I feel like they made an effort to just make her look sad. I like agree. the Colors were very drab. The it wasn't like it was like the only important thing about you is that you're pregnant. Yeah, that you're sad, and the, those are the things we're going to try to emphasize with the wardrobe choice. Which is like, yep, that's not in keeping with the character. Ugh, it's so irritating. Um, oh, and then I got really irritated with Yoda when, like, yes! Anakin goes to talk to Yoda. Like, he goes to confine Yoda, and Yoda's like, Death is a natural part of life. And I'm like, shut up. Like, shut no. up. That's not comforting. I got mad at the one where he's like,
1: attachment leads to jealousy, uh, greed, that is. So, like, why are the Jedi so bad at this? Like, the expectation that you can. Balance doesn't mean getting rid of everything. Balance mm-hmm. is not absence, right? Like it doesn't it doesn't mean absence of attachment.
0: And I think it's just it's interesting because most of the kids and the Jedi that that are Jedi are taken at such a young age that they don't know any better and they don't know that they should be treated differently. But Anakin remembers a mother loving him. You know what I mean? Right. And like he knows that like I should not. Like, do better. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and... What's frustrating,
1: though, is that, like, even among the Jedi, there is attachment, right? Mm -hmm. Anytime, and granted, Ahsoka is a whole thing, but, like, Ahsoka... Anakin saving Ahsoka or vice versa and not leaving each other behind. Anakin not leaving Obi-Wan behind. Yeah. You know? Is not... Like, that's attachment. Right. Right. And they go into that, and they do discuss it, of this idea that sometimes you know you have to let your master go if it's for the greater good, but you cannot breed attachment out of people, you can't
0: teach them to not be attached right it's human nature and um, I just I feel like yeah, I just I just it's, it makes no sense. God knows how they survived as long as they did. Um, which is, you know, another hour and a half, and then <laughs> they're all gone. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, sad. It's so but like
1: it's, I know. It's so sad. Um, okay, but this wait. is sort of like where the scene, like, this is sort of leading into the beginning, the beginnings of what we're seeing of Anakin's unraveling. Yeah. You know, and it's heavy-handed, but I think works well within the context of the movie. It
0: would have worked better if the dialogue had been a little more subtle. Right. But But, But I think it works effectively just in terms of showing us his basically his path to the dark side.
1: Yeah, and, you know, something about this film that struck me is, like, you know, we talked about that ominous shot of Palpatine in the beginning. This movie is the cinematography is filled with yeah. ominous shots. It is constantly giving us silhouettes against bright landscapes of Anakin, the back of Anakin and either Obi-Wan or Palpatine. Yeah. Like that shot happens so many times in this movie, and every time you get like this like chills. Yeah.
0: Um and then let's see oh and then it, there's the whole Palpatine asks Anakin to spy on the Jedi Council for, a, for um, him right. basically which yeah and then and then I felt so bad for him during that scene where Mace Window is like you were on this council but we do not grant you the rank Mace- of the master. All right, here's the thing about Mace Window Window Mace Window is a garbage mentor. Well, he, that's the thing. He never tries to be a, he's against Anakin from the beginning and treats right, him terribly true. from like, well, like, second, like he's what kind Jedi are you, man? And like, and like, the thing is like those, like, and I, like, I, like, I wrote this in my notes, but that was like just a monumental fuck up because yeah. it's like, yes, it's, it's, it's arrogant. I guess it's arrogant of Anakin to want to be a master. Like. In sure. in some ways, like he knows he's better, he's better and at the force and more talented and blah 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 than everyone else, sure, there's some arrogance, but that doesn't excuse the arrogance of the jedi, I agree in the scene and generally, but also in the scene, and he gets caught so hard between jedi Jedi and Palpatine, and he can see the Jedi being arrogant, and he doesn't see that from Palpatine. Well, because Palpatine is better at dissembling yeah, better. than the Jedi he, I'm are, not right? pretending he's, like Palpatine isn't like a terrible garbage, you know, person who, you know, I'm, I'm not pretending all that, but he manipulates events. He knows right. exactly how the Jedi will react because he knows the Jedi are terrible.
1: Right. And I know that we talk a lot of shit about the Jedi, we but if the Jedi were doing what their own tenant said to do, it would be one thing. But they're not. Yeah. And also, so one of, one of I think, the great failings of this movie, for me personally, is that they don't set up Anakin's, like, desire for power particularly well. Yeah. Like, they set up the idea that he wants to keep his loved ones safe.
0: They also set up the idea that he doesn't think a dictatorship is a terrible thing.
1: Right. I believe, that I get, right? I Both of those things, I see that how he has seen... What in his life has led him to that point? Right. The power thing, I feel like it's a lot of telling us he wants power without giving us, like, enough of a basis. Like, at you know, when he was
0: like, I deserve to be a master, it didn't... It's Yeah, of course, he, he's on the council. Like, yeah, he does deserve to be a master. Like, if he's it didn't on feel, the council... No, I know. But it, like, didn't feel necessarily... No, like, I'm agreeing with you. Like, I... I I think that the fact that they don't—they don't make him a master—is insulting. Like, you can't—I don't know. I just—I agree with you. I think they don't set up like. Yes, he wants power, but he wants the power to save his loved ones, That's right? The, There's no the, like, like domination, right? It was about—it
1: was about beating death for Padme, right? It was about that, like, not being able to protect his mother. Yeah. But this idea that he wants to be like. When he was like, I should be a master. And I was like, where is this coming from?
0: I think it's more, okay, so I get what you're saying now. I think it's yeah, more, yeah. I I get it because I think he's constantly been questioned his whole life. Like, like they set up really well, I think better in this movie than they do in any other, how like Mace Window has never trusted him. Yeah, but that's just,
1: and I think that's not. just
0: a I think that's just a teenage like I think I think he is very immature even in this movie. Yes. And I, I think that's just kind of like a teenage like just teenage anger and like frustration. Like I know I'm more powerful than the all these people. Why don't I have yeah. the respect?
1: Which I get that, but they turn it into something so much darker. Yeah, they do. You're right. But but like, you know, we're fast forwarding a little bit, like at the end, or a lot, <laughs> but at the end, when he's like, We could do this, we could, you know, I get that we could fix everything, but like the whole idea of like w- wanting power so desperately, I don't think was seeded enough.
0: Yeah. And the in whole like story scene with Padme, where he's like, We can rule the galaxy together. It's like, That's you know, what you want? Like, that's what Red? we want. You want to go no. back to like. Naboo with your wife and like hide out there for the rest of your life like I feel like that's your dream
1: I just felt like they needed to like seed this idea of him really being power hungry because it wasn't ever necessarily about the power it was about keeping the people close to him safe yeah that's what it's always been about so like to throw in this idea of like no he's actually mad
0: for power didn't it rang so false. See, I didn't interpret the scene in the. I didn't interpret that scene that way. I interpret it as like just being pissed that he's put in the situation of being like, like, like being caught within this politic, like this caught in between all these people and no one is looking out for him and everyone no. is just like, that's how I took it. I didn't really interpret it as. The master thing, yeah. The master
1: thing, could totally... It was the combination of the master thing with like him at the end, and like that end scene is really, super. It's super it's weird. But he talks about he after the like. Okay, now I'm the apprentice of you know Palpatine. After that, it all of a sudden becomes like so focused on this idea of power, and it just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. You know, it just I feel like that was one one area where the movie really needed to like, I mean, honestly, all of the prequels needed to like focus on that piece of Anakin that we don't get enough focus on because they needed to also make you care about him. Yeah. And And he couldn't be like a power hungry asshole. So instead they like have you empathize too much. So when the switch happens, it's too abrupt and it didn't it didn't feel right.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I agree. Because, like, that switch is very abrupt, and we'll talk about that. And But I don't... I do see it from a point of view of he was looking for... um, Like, he just... Like, he... Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, I'm, like, trying to... I'm running over right now in my head, like, him getting mad because, like, you know, Padme was asking him to ask Palpatine to end the war and being like, you know what? And I guess, I guess you could interpret it as he's frustrated because everybody's asking stuff of him that he can't give. And then finally Palpatine gives him the power to just to do what he wants. But the problem is they never establish that that's actually what he wants. He never says, I want this war to end. I want all this sense. Like that's never his. That's never his thing. So, he just wants to keep people safe. Yeah, like he wants just wants to keep the people he cares about safe. So yeah, you're totally right. It was a little, I just thought it was a little weird. But okay, so... Um, and then the Very council weird. turns around and then asks Anakin to spy on Palpatine, which is good job, Jedi. Like, Oh my god. It's
1: like they have, they know that it's not, they know that it's not a good place for him to be. Like mm. Obi-Wan says, you know... Obi-Wan knows not to
0: trust Palpatine. Palpatine but he also but knows that this is a terrible position to put Anakin in, which I appreciate. Yeah. So, like, it's frustrating that they were
1: like, also,
0: we're going to do this. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Um, Obi-Wan says our allegiance is to the Senate, not right. its leader. And isn't aren't the Jedi way older than the Senate? Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't understand I'm either. So I don't con-
1: understand... Yeah. Why the Jedi are loyal to the Senate because shouldn't they they should they just be loyal to keeping
0: the peace? Yeah, they should be removed from politics entirely. And now we're basically writing Jedi fan fiction. But we should be reduced they should be removed from politics entirely, right? right. And like in this war they should be Like They should be be like freaking Amnesty International going in to make sure human rights aren't violated during the course of this war is what they should be doing. They should be like UNICEF. Right. But this idea of them like uh, being loyal to a
1: governance Mm -hmm. that doesn't involve – that we know doesn't involve the entire galaxy because there's the outer rim. There's like all these planets who don't subscribe to being a part of the Senate. So are they just not – Protected or whatever by the Jedi? Like, what is the point of the Jedi if they're there? Why if they are, they are the Jedi
0: tied to the Republic? Right. Why? And are they, they are. Tied to the because, like, you know, they say if you were born, like, I think they say, like, Qui Gon tells Shmi at one point, like, if he was born in the Republic, like, he would have been identified and taken, which is a whole nother Right. Like, but, um, another thing. Yeah. Like, the Jedi, st- oh, good. Jedi steal children. Um, yeah, okay. but if but so yeah, like so why? And that's something I guess, and I'm sure it's explained in some you know ex, some book some old expanded universe book that I've never read. But those are out, those are thrown out the window. Yeah, they are. That's very they're true. they're not they're no longer considered, and not you know that was yeah. Just, I feel right? like they've adopted a lot of the kind of like unofficially adopted a lot of the stuff that hasn't been addressed yet. Right. Um, I don't know. I, like, I, mean, I don't it's,
1: know. It's like combining that with that whole episode about Force lore. Yeah. Where you're like, forests are embodied in two actual beings, and what does that
0: have to do with the Jedi who channel them? And All right, we've gotten very... Okay, so you can gotten, tell Obi-Wan's really conflicted by asking yeah. Anakin to do this. And then there's a really interesting scene. I think one of the most interesting of the movie, actually... They had I. I never really noticed before this between Yoda, Mace Windu, and Obi Wan, where mm-hmm. Obi Wan's basically like, is he not the chosen one? Oh yeah, and like Mace Wind, you know, Mace Windu's like, that's what the prophecy says, and then Yoda says a prophecy that may have you know basically a pro- we may have misinterpreted the prophecy, which we're pretty sure they have at this point, duh, but. Um, it's just—it was just very interesting because they're all just like, we done fucked up. Like, yeah. even to all—all all three of them are just like, nah, I don't know, man. We messed this up, and they know at that point that the dark side is influencing the Senate. They still don't, and and Palpatine specifically, they don't know that Palpatine himself is a Sith Lord. Mm-mm. But they—they're—they're—they're they're, they're getting warmer. It's just like. <sighs> So,
1: all of this is happening against the backdrop of having found Grievous. Yeah. And what to do about having found Grievous, because Grievous is like the last bastion of this war, right? And so, they send Obi-Wan off, so now he is, Anakin is separated from his
0: master. Right, and they send Obi-Wan there, they send Yoda to the Wookiees. To to the Wookiees. Yeah. And so, all that's left is the Jedi who
1: doesn't believe in Anakin. And when Anakin does the
0: right thing. Oh my God. Okay, wait, first we got to talk about the opera scene. Oh, sorry. Yeah. The opera scene, the bubbles, the bubble opera. I love that scene. This is one of my favorite scenes, like because it's just so Shakespearean and so dramatic. Like with the, it is really good backdrop. And just the, the, this is one of the few scenes where the dialogue is actually really good. Very theatrical, like literally, because they're in a theater. Very dramatic, and like you know, and the why, and you and I both said this. Um, the reason that what Palpatine says in this scene is so powerful is b- about the Jedi is because it's all true. Yeah, like all who gain power are af- afraid to lose it. Even the Jedi, that's yep. true. Like he kn- he knows how to like pick at all the flaws of the Jedi. Which the Jedi refuse to
1: acknowledge when Anakin tries to discuss them, right? You know, yeah. you have that line at the end where Obi Wan says, "A Sith only a Sith deals in absolutes, but the Jedi deal in plenty of absolutes." Yeah, they're constantly like the the phrase "Only the Sith deal in absolutes" is an absolute. Yeah. It's frustrating because it's so clearly not a perfect system, and yeah. Anakin is the result of these two flawed systems going up against each other yeah right so that scene is really great I mean I can
0: you see why Palpatine is so compelling yes yeah, You, like, Anakin I'm like dude you're not you're dude you're selling your, I know what you are and you're still selling yourself you're pretty still well. selling it <laughs> like I would buy what you are selling at this point having seen the just how terrible the Jedi are like um right and the Darth Plagueis story is super interesting, and yeah. I, I just generally think that story is interesting, but also, and I know you, I'm pretty sure you haven't read it, but in the context of Empire's End, which is the third book in Chuck Wendig's Aftermath trilogy. Oh yeah, no, read I've never read right? it yet. Okay, so not we yet. find out some stuff, which I will not ruin it for you, but we find out some, basically we find out Palpatine's, what he, basically Palpatine had planned for the what would happen after he died, and we find out what that plan is in this book. And I thought, so the, for those of you who have watched, uh, or who have read it, you can you can tweet me. Don't tweet Preeti because she, she, <laughs> you will ruin the book for her, and then she will cry. But <laughs> um, um, I just think it's very interesting that you know Plagueis was afraid of losing everything he had, and that combined with what Palpatine decided. Um, like what his, what the, um, like who his successor would be, what would happen to the empire after he died, is just very interesting. So, um, mm. that is, I need to read. Them. It's, 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 it's a, it's, I, it's fascinating, honestly. But do the, um, but also, and then we, and then, um, we get the Wookies. We get the Wookies, which is great. They're great. I, I loved love everything them. about it. I lo- you never see like a pack of Wookies fighting. No, like so this is the first time, and they're so good. And they're so good and scary and awesome. Um, and I love that Yoda is that's where
1: Yoda is right. Um, and then Ewan is off fighting Grievous. Yeah, which Grievous uses the phrase Jedi slime, which I was super into because usually oh my God, yeah, it's Jedi so scum. scum. So I was, I was like, "All right, do it up, Grievous," uh, and uh, gave us more, you know, fodder for wanting our solo Obi Wan movie starring Ewan McGregor because he's so he's so good. good. Um, like that was, it's fun to watch him. It is it's in all.
0: Three of the movies. It's fun to watch Hugh and McGregor as Obi Wan. That is one of the constants of these movies. Like yeah. he's just he he dedicates himself to the role. He never phones it in. Mm-hmm. He has so much fun doing them. Um. So it's like it's fun to watch
1: him be him. You know, like when he drops down in the middle of all those droids and, and he's Grievous, just like, and "Hello like, there, oh hello there," oh, and you're my like, God. "Oh hi, how is Grievous that swooning?" Um, it's just so awesome and then it cuts back and we get to see Anakin like I said do the right thing after having this conversation with Palpatine and realizing he's with the dark he's side he's
0: appalled by Palpatine he is he's,
1: he's appalled and he goes to Mace and Mace Windu
0: makes the worst decision. So Palpatine basically says you're not sure of the Jedi Council's intentions, are you? And then what happens? They learn his is made window literally is like I sense a
1: lot of confusion in you. Go hang out by yourself. I know. Oh my god.
0: Have your own thoughts and nothing else. Um, Look, like it's ridiculous. And I have to say I don't want to bring this up Almost, but there are really uncanny similarities between Palpatine's fighting style and Ray's fighting style. Uh. I know, but there are like, uh. it's impossible to not see. I just collapsed. I know she did. I can't see her on video anymore. Uh. She has disappeared. Uh. Uh, but back to back to Grievous. I was really glad to see that Obi kind of kicks Grievous's ass. Oh yeah, like, like with that the- is a brutal death with the well with the lightsabers too when he's like i've been trained in your jedi arts and i'm like oh like because i don't remember how that battle went i was like oh god is he going to be like the white person who's better asian than asian people because like he's a better jedi than the jedi but Uh, no but no no. he's terrible he's still bad at it yeah um the the scene of him though scuttling is delightfully Mm -hmm. creepy you know, that this was is great. why I love Grievous. He's, like, cartoony, and he's just creepy. And, like, oh, and that scene, or that line when he says, army or not, you must realize that you are doomed. Yeah. Like, oh, that's creepy. Like, yes, I love that
1: line. Miss Piggy, Cadence and all. Um, you're going to see. We're going to watch some videos after this. Oh, God. But, yeah, that, bru- that scene where obi-wan kills him is brutal yeah. it's it's a it's a real grisly death
0: i do love like when anakin or when obi-wan's on the ground and kicks him and like he's like metal so it hurts i know i that love was that. such a nice touch <laughs> it was such like i like a quick moment of levity and a really like you know what's coming at this point you know yeah. anakin's starting to fall to the dark side like but here's this is like what i was talking about so like i love that they juxtapose these two scenes because
1: like you need that you know if you like overthink it i guess it can feel a little weird that grievous is this weird side quest sort of thing that's happening but i think it it's necessary to keep the viewer in a safe space yes i agree for the darkness that is coming from a Star Wars film especially
0: so like, with even just like the color palette like it's yeah. bright it's bright it's green there's a lot of water like it's it's really it's it it was necessary because when it
1: cuts back like from this moment on basically of when Anakin shows up and sees I will say I did think the fight between Mace Windu and
0: um Palpatine was not great. I don't it think it was either. Stilted why and not. Didn't Palpatine stop with the lightning? Like, was he trying to just disf- Was like was all that on purpose to, like, kind of, I, you know, get To Anakin. figure himself? Yeah. Like, I was just confused as to like if if the lightning is being reflected back on you, then stop it. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. That's why I was I would not put it past to like past him to
1: do such a thing but there's you know this moment when Anakin runs up and sees what's happening and he again Anakin wants to do the right thing. He recognizes that he sees the the slimness of lines between the Jedi and the dark side so- and the Sith, right? Yeah. When he's saying he needs to stand trial. This man needs to stand trial. And Mace Windu, it's like he's too dangerous says he's too dangerous. And who is he to make that decision? And there's that power, right? There's that power structure that all of a sudden everything Palpatine said is made true in the actions of Mace Windu.
0: Well, and I think this ties back to what we were saying about the Jedi being instruments and and, an arm of the Republic. If you are going to be part of the political structure and part of the governmental structure, you have to play by the government rules. You can't just just be like, no, the Sith are our responsibility and we'll kill them. You have to, like, if that's how you operate, then you have to operate outside the government structure. You can't have it both ways. And the Jedi try to when it turns into this terrible power play. Right. And so you see all of this happen. And this is where I'm like,
1: where I think Hayden, I think his, you know, that line when after he basically kills Windu and he unleashes this like heart wrenching, like, what have I done was like the most, the best acted moment, I think of. His career in Star Wars. Yeah. Because he just like
0: collapses, like his entire body, like all of the energy leaves. Well, and I think and it's just, I think it's just, he's like, I did this thing, so I must be dark. Well, Do you yeah, know what it's I mean? a, there's a moment he, I
1: think there's a, the line he crosses, you know, you say Anakin fell to the dark side, but I don't think that's what it is. It's Anakin made a decision that the only thing that mattered was saving Padme, and that's the line that was crossed. The line that was crossed was about her, right? Mm -hmm. It was not about power. It was not about any of that. It was about Palpatine says, I can help you save her. I can whatever, and that's what really forces his hand. And that moment kind of brings true what Yoda said, and it's the difference between attachment and I guess like, or no, it's, it's a difference between a respectful, like loving relationship and ownership.
0: Yeah. Like I feel like it's, I agree with that. I do. I agree with that. I also feel like it's partially like Anakin, his whole life has had these thoughts that he knew a quote unquote proper Jedi shouldn't quote unquote shouldn't have uh-huh. um, like, you know, But because the Jedi have always been, despite what, you know, the Sith, only the Sith believe in absolutes, but deals in absolutes. But no, the Jedi deal in absolutes. And if you have these thoughts, they're dark thoughts and you must be falling to the dark side. And so I think it partially is just like, Anakin's like, well, I have these thoughts and I've had these thoughts my whole life. And now I've done this thing. I must be dark. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And like, then just an acceptance. No, right? Like, like that's what the Jedi taught him. Like, because I used to that's think true. that scene was very abrupt, and I still do. I think it is still abrupt. Like, I just think the power play is yes. abrupt.
1: The fall makes sense. The his, the decisions he makes make sense. The, I think it's it the just, lust it goes, for power is abrupt.
0: Yeah, it goes very fast from him being like is the only thing that matters to like, okay, I'm going to go kill kids now. And it goes very fast from positive, the only thing that matters, to
1: this, like, we can be the most powerful people, we can do all of this. Even, they even seeded that jealousy better, right? Yeah. They seeded that, like, I understood the character's reasonings for why he, like, when he was, like, you were talking to him. Yeah. Like, I get it, right? Oh, because yeah, they seeded that, yeah. You had a basis for it. Yeah. It's literally just that, like,
0: lust for power that felt so weird to me. Well, and I think, I think once Anakin, because he, you know, no Jedi because they don't teach you this, have no have no experience with manipulating or um, you know controlling the dark side of the force. I think when he right. falls, he falls hard. Yeah, I agree. Like I think that's you know the color of his eyes change, and I think that's that's the. But they don't. It feels so abrupt because they leave. They make they leave the viewer to make so many leaps and there's so many conclusions that you have to come to on your own, and so it's just it's. It's not the most effective storytelling.
1: It's not because it is, you know, how much of a background do we have in Star Wars at this point right. that we are able to have these conversations, a casual viewer,
0: even not even casual, that's not the right word. Someone who just watches the movie. Which should be like, I think if a movie cannot exist, like if, a, if you have to say, oh, well, you have to read the book to really understand, or you have to watch the comics right. to really understand, then it's a, the movie fails. Right. I agree. We, or Does it? I mean,
1: this comes back to our idea of, like, what storytelling means in the universe of expanded universes, right? Like, what what do we mean by story and narrative if there are, um, like, a hundred pieces to it?
0: Right. Do they all have to be self-contained? My view is they have to—they don't have to necessarily be self-contained, but they have to— like be able to stand alone. Right. Like I could I can I can accept needing to watch the movies to understand the clone wars. I can't accept it the other way around. Right. You know, I have more trouble accepting it the other way around cuz the movies are the tent poles. The movies should be accessible to every everybody and then if you want to go more into depth, you, you know, right. Go, like that is for but for me I feel like the movies should be the one thing of everything you should be able to just walk into and enjoy. Which is interesting because, like,
1: I think arguably you could walk into Rebels and just enjoy it. I think so, too. Right? Star so Wars too. Rebels, you don't really need to know anything
0: other than it's a universe of war. Yeah. That's it. And there's a rebellion. Having seen the original trilogy is helpful, would be helpful, but you don't have to have seen the prequels. You don't have to have seen it. You could just watch this cartoon and yeah. be fine.
1: you can't necessarily say that
0: for the movies. No, you can't. And clone wars is also more difficult, but I would also argue that clone wars was specifically constructed to be able to fill in some of the holes in the narrative that we're talking about right now. Yeah. like I, I feel like that was a specific intention. So I don't think, I think that's, it's okay the way, it, like, I think it's excellent storytelling.
1: Yeah. Or even, you know, some of the books where you have like rebel rising as a prequel to Rogue One but you can read it if you're just like watching the TV show
0: right and I would also say that it's okay that 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 if it didn't I think I think it probably does stand alone I think it does stand alone pretty well but even if it didn't I would be okay with that because the entire point I guess so for me I guess it comes to what's the point of the piece of work yeah for that, and, for, like for that book, the point of the piece of work for me was to fill in this backstory of this character we already knew. So it's okay yeah. if, whereas, for example, if um, Lost Stars by Claudia Gray, mm-hmm. the that was a completely standalone narrative, and you can read that book having seen no Star Wars and still enjoy it.
1: So then, this is what the thing is: like when you have like universes telling, or you have brands at this point telling the story in. A million different formats mm-hmm. accessible to different people. How the narrative works is kind of up in the air. Like, yeah, yeah. A lot of people would say that the movie is a failure because it, on its own, doesn't get across what you need it to get across.
0: But if you, take, but on the other hand, if you take Attack of the Clones, the Clone Wars. And Revenge of the Sith as one long arc. Long arc, It is incredibly effective.
1: Exactly. So, like, it's just interesting to think about it in that way. But, like, because we were talking about Revenge of the Sith, on its own, sort of, you can't really divorce it from what we've seen and engaged with. The movie is effective if, if, you know, with some, like, issues.
0: I almost
1: think... Oh, no, go ahead. No, no, no. I didn't have an end for that. I was going to
0: say, I almost think that this movie would have been more effective if it had ended... Like, if it had ended earlier and we hadn't actually seen Anakin's fall, but if they had seeded all the threat... You know, I know no know they would never would have done that because, like, oh. you're not going to end... But you know what I mean? Like, if they had, like, just, just with the story they were telling, not with, like, a better version of the story, but, like, if they had ended it early... And we just knew the fall and they had because the seeds are there, but they don't quite the threads don't quite connect. Well, I
1: don't know. I feel like to get to I feel like to see the Darth Vader we see in A New Hope, you have to see Anakin's fall because I think there's a huge disconnect between the Anakin who collapses with such a heart wrenching cry and the Darth Vader we meet at the beginning of A New Hope. You need to see. Are you saying
0: you, we have to see him killing kids, Preeti? Um, you kind of. I'm, it's heavy. It's a heavy handed but it's effective.
1: It's, right. It's not a sentence I want to say out loud, but you do need to see how far he goes. And I guess how quickly, because how else can that man be the same? Right. You need to see – maybe you don't actually need to see him fight or kill younglings, but you do need to see him fight Obi-Wan. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. That scene
1: That's, yeah. is – their fight is so good and so laden with, like, just so many feelings.
0: Okay, so let's talk about the actual, like, fall and, like, where he goes to the Jedi Temple and those scenes where he's walking up the steps of the Jedi Temple – are so good. Like, just I got, the, like, I just got goosebumps. Yeah, like, both and then we're And, and like, then that one I. scene where he, like, looks over and his eyes are yellow. Like, Ugh. oh my God. Like, you realize, I feel like that's what you, like, realize just how far he's fallen.
1: Which, there are moments of, like, that's what I mean in this movie. Like, there are moments that are really, really wonderful. And that's one of them. And, like, yeah. there's a lot of, like, not, like, the, the, the kind of pathetic way in which he talks to Obi-Wan after he and Padme show up yeah. um, is not what you want from the burgeoning Sith
0: Lord. But, um, yeah, you know. Um, so. and, then, and her storyline pisses me off for many reasons in this movie, <laughs> as we've gone into. But also, like, the original ending for this movie, she, was, she went to Mustafar to kill him. I know, and like that's like the original. So much better. I know she went to kill him, and then she just couldn't. And like her ending is the same, or like it would be so, and would, would have to end with her dying. But like basically, she goes to Mustafar to kill him and can't. But like I just oh, that would have been so much better. I would have
1: rather that because like the like I'm all for like this idea of like love and yeah because you believe you believe that Anakin feels this. Fierce devotion and love, maybe love closer to like, like I said, ownership or like something of yeah. like yeah. having, possessiveness. Her, you yeah. know, possessiveness. Thank you. Of this like deep, he does deeply feel though for her and mm-hmm. about her. Her side, I don't know that we ever get enough
0: of no, that don't. for me to believe that she would die of a broken heart. no. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to believe that she fell in love with him in the second movie in the first place when, uh-huh. Anakin, when or Obi-Wan was right there. But, like, okay. <laughs> like, I, I have trouble believing that, like, you know – Jedi she, mullet and all. Yeah. He's, what, 19 and she's, like, 25? Like, uh, I don't know. Anyway. Yes, hair's a lot – yeah, we talked about that. But his hair's a lot better in this movie. Um, and then there's the Palpatine Yoda fight. Which which is good. It's pretty good, but then Yoda it's just kinda of gives up. Yeah, Yoda's just kind of like Alright, All right, I failed. Gotta go into this. exile now. Oh,
1: Bye. <laughs> um it's I do think though that, that it is it pales in comparison to the fight on Mustafar. Yes. Like even just like choreo fight choreography-wise, it's so good. You have like these two young guys who are like in it and just it was just it was so intense to watch and the intense amount of emotion that is felt between the two of them, and then of course, like you and I both pointed out, oh my god, Obi Wan should have mercy, killed Anakin. Yeah, yeah. And you know he's screaming like,
0: "You are my brother, I love you." He's just like and he's yelling looks, at him while the guy's like falling and like catching on fire, like burning
1: to death, which is one of the most horrific things I can imagine. Yeah, and. Anakin is screaming like I hate you in this like horrible
0: voice and just like I would hate you too yeah man. you cut my legs off and now I'm on fire like it is bru- that scene is brutal but like you could also like just like you could also see it in in Obi-Wan's eyes like Ewan McGregor like there's so much much he's like what do I do like I know what do I do like this is you were my brother like what do I do
1: like and it was like you've been failed what's so frustrating is that like he doesn't recognize it as a failure of the system that he's in yeah he sees it as a personal Anakin failure yeah
0: or even as a personal uh, yeah zone yeah I think he sees it as a personal failure of his own and doesn't recognize that it's not his failure it's a product of the system that you know it's a product of the whole Jedi Order. That the Jedi are the like the Jedi failed Anakin and that's why he fell to the dark side. Ugh. And on that happy note (laughs) It's brutal. It is, it is. This movie was really hard to watch, much harder than it ever has been in the past, because this is I think one of the first times I think I've seen it one other time, but I was watching in the background. So this is the first time like I've actually like paid attention to it since I watched The Clone Wars.
1: Yeah. Well same, clearly.
0: And so it was It was hard to watch. It was good. It was, it was a, hard to watch. I I really, like, it was hard, but, like, I really actually enjoyed watching it.
1: It made me, like, I think, like we said, the Clone Wars made me care a lot more about all the characters and all this stuff. Yeah. But even, like, looking now at the whole Skywalker saga, this is the one movie that's necessary. Mm-hmm you know uh, yeah I like it's upsetting that like padme's really only character only gets um quality screen time for the most part in the first two films because you could very easily just like not watch those movies yeah and be fine yeah um one question why they don't like i knew i knew this but i like sort of just keep it in the back of my head They don't mind-wipe R2. No, they don't, yeah. They only mind-wipe 3PO. Yeah. Which is such a weird story decision to make because it means R2 throughout the entire Originally trilogy, like,
0: knows everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't... That's a bit... I feel like that's a bit fan servicey to me. But, like, why? I don't don't understand the point. I think because... I think because, like... I don't I don't know, like, I don't know what the logic would be to not mind wipe him.
1: I don't know. I don't, not, like, both
0: within the story and in the writing of the story. I don't understand. Like, in the writing of the story, I get it, because it's like, oh, R2's cute. And, like, oh, R2 knows what's going on. And that's why he has to, he knows he has to go see Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, like, it's just, like, he... he but then Dagobah doesn't make any sense, and, like... Oh, like, yeah.
1: Because he's he knows Yoda. Like it's not like he I didn't think about that. If one. he knows everything and he knows friggin' Vader. But
0: like why in the world would um like would Bail was it's Bail Organa, I think, that orders it, right? And why in the yeah. world would he not order That's what I don't understand. Yeah. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. It
1: needs to is it maybe it's explained in a book somewhere, if you if any listener knows like where this explanation is and how we can read it. Like, please tell us. It's probably something silly that we both know and haven't thought of. And yeah,
0: I'm sure. We're going to look
1: like, like fake, fake star Wars or geek girls. I know. <laughs> fake girls. <laughs> um, is there anything else? Um, there were two Romeo and Juliet parallels. that Oh my I God. Okay. Had- tell me, tell me. <laughs> The music that is playing um, when Padme finds out that Anakin has gone to the dark side, like when Obi-Wan tells her, mm-hmm. is similar to the music that's playing uh, that Nellie Hooper. Wrote for the Romeo and Juliet original soundtrack. It's a song called "Slow Movement." Slow we can movement. put it. Yeah, uh, no, I know. Yeah, I know. I
0: have. I listen it's, to that soundtrack all the time. It's, yeah, the, it's the so music in there is really good. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then also
1: when you see Padme coming in her like burial, whatever. Yeah. And it focuses on her hand holding the necklace. I was like, oh, it's like when you see Juliet's hand with her in ring and the necklace. <sighs> you get it? Because they're like Romeo and
0: Juliet.
1: Ugh. Except he doesn't kill himself.
0: Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Um, I, I think I've talked about it on the podcast where I like the story of Romeo and Juliet in terms of, I think it's good storytelling. Obviously Shakespeare. But I don't like it as like the like. They'll, like, where it's come in our pop culture to, like, this is the, like, the amazing love story. It's like, no, they're not. No, they're all kids. They're dumb 14-year-olds
1: um, who made a lot of bad decisions after knowing each other for 12 hours. Yes. Um, that being said, Romeo and Juliet is my favorite movie of all time. I, I do. I do really
0: like that Don't movie. Don't at me. I do really like that <laughs> movie. It's No, it, it's aged well, too. It really has. <laughs> i watched it like two weeks ago i know you i i do does not surprise me at all (laughs) um i'm looking at my notes but i think i got everything no i think i got into everything yeah it was a lot yeah there was a lot but there was a lot to talk about this was a good um it was a good movie i was um i was really i really actually it surprised me but so um next month i think we're going to do rogue one and a new hope in one episode back back I'm excited. Yeah, we going to do it in the same episode because we've talked a lot just generally about like representation and stuff in Rogue One. So I don't... And it, as as awesome... It's an awesome movie, but it doesn't... It, it's not necessarily... doesn't tie into... Super tie into kind of the... Over, you know, like it's just... It doesn't tie into like the overarching... like the moment saga in narrative. Time. Yeah, saga narrative. So um, yeah, we're going to... Combine those two, and then we're also we also going to do a regular episode, and we have another um, we have another Patreon subscriber who's going to tell us what to watch, and I can't remember what it is right now, but we will we will tell you on Twitter if you guys want to watch with us before um, beforehand. And then I don't know what else we're talking about. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, depending on what we. I was going to be like, we always have way too much to discuss and have to like cut stuff the day before. But we'll see. Um, or okay. we'll just give you another two and a half hour long episode. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> well, every episode, we're always like, oh, we're going to do like 45 minutes. And it's like an hour and 35 minutes. We're like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, we got to stop. we got to stop talking. <laughs> okay, so um, quick shout out to our Patreon subscribers. Thank you to Otarsis and I, Ben, and Barry Smelly at the $10 <laughs> level. And Annie, Megan, Claire, and Brian at $5 level. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash Girls. And we've got, I think, one $10 level open. So if there's something you want us to watch or you're like, oh, I really want to hear them discuss this, you can subs- pledge at that level and then we will be like, you tell us what to watch and we will watch it and discuss it. It's it's true. It is. It is. That's why we did Jupiter Ascending and that was a lot of fun. And why we're going to do whatever we do in the next episode, which we both cannot remember. Um, please write us on iTunes. That it helps people find the show and it's, you know, we, we, we are, we do read all of our reviews and, you know, like de-chat them to each other. And it's very exciting. Um, okay. I think that's it. And then you can find us. Oh yeah. On, you can find us on Twitter. Also. <laughs> you can
1: find us on Twitter at Daisy Geek Girls or I am at Run With Skizzers. And
0: I am at S Krishna. <laughs> and I think that's it for real. I think real. that's really it. Okay. All right, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Okay. okay. Bye.